is the Beyond the Studio podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Amanda Adams. And I'm Nicole Muller. And we're here to help you figure out the business of being an artist. Here we'll share honest conversations with artists, makers, and business experts and dive deep into the work that happens beyond the studio. Since this is an adult podcast hosted by two young adults, there's a possibility of some adult language being used. If this might offend ears around you, be sure to pop in your headphones before listening to this episode. Uh, Hello, welcome back to Beyond the Studio. (laughs) If you are still subscribed, thank you to our loyal listeners who have been uh, sticking with us for the last five or six months since we've released um, any sort of episode. So uh, we didn't mean to get your hopes up, but we are back here, not with the launch of season two, but just to let you know about um, what is coming up, give you a recap of um, what we've been working on behind the scenes, uh, give some announcements and a surprise announcement at the end of the episode. Um, and also to celebrate our one-year anniversary because Woo-hoo! we launched Beyond the Studio in uh, June of 2017. It's now June 2018, so we thought this was an appropriate time to uh, come back and share what we've learned, uh, where we've been, where we're going, and uh, what we've learned so far. Um, so if you don't remember, uh, back in December of this last year, we uh, found out that we'd received a grant we applied for through Southern Exposure, which is a really great arts nonprofit here in San Francisco. Um, So we received an alternative exposure grant to produce um, a series we proposed called Beyond the Studio West Coast Edition. And after we found out we won the grant, um, we celebrated and then we promptly took a break from the podcast and uh (laughs) oh they gave us the money and we ran no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) yeah we were done um but we thought we thought it was a good time to just reflect on what we had done and an opportunity to kind of take a step back and plan for this new series and so that's when we actually decided i think to take uh this more seasonal approach Um, So we had our season one finale with our um, um, interview with Kara Ober, um, which was really wonderful. I think that was the perfect episode to end on. Um, So if you haven't listened, go back and check that one out. Um, And then we've just, for the last few months, been planning kind of... um, Actually, we were just focused on our own work for a little bit. Um, We can dive into that, but... Um, as you may remember, Amanda and I are both working artists ourselves, and so um, we were kind of just caught up in our own lives as artists, but also starting to plan for season two. When was the last time we recorded an episode? Oh, shoot. It had to be at least December, maybe before then. Oh, my God. When did we record uh, Kara's episode? That was like over the holidays? Yeah, I think that was like maybe early, mid-December? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> and now, as of the moment we're recording, it is June 11th. <laughs> so we're recording a little in advance. Hello. <laughs> I actually remember the date that you pitched the idea of doing a podcast together to me uh-huh. because I was uh, snowed in in Portland. Oh, yeah. And it must have been... 
I don't remember offhand, but it was January something, like early January. So yeah, we were mm-hmm. probably planning for a good five or six months um, up till we finally launched. Yeah, and it had to have, I mean, I know I was home at my parents' house for Christmas, and I had just gotten the news that I had not gotten a job that I thought I was going to get. When I found out I didn't get it, it was a little like staggering at first because I had left my day job at the time, which was for Apple, but then it actually was super freeing because I was like, okay, now I'm not committed, so maybe I can come up with a side project. So yeah. I'm gonna and text I didn't even really about it. think about that or realize up until now that we were both kind of in these transitional moments in our lives. Like I had also just moved out to California, so I was brand new to San Francisco, and I think you and I both were kind of like okay, what's next? And, you know, like we've been doing for the last five or six years of being professional working artists, but as we're continuing to do, it's like just, you know, figuring it out as we go along and every step of the way, it's kind of a, a process of like looking around and asking ourselves, like, how do we do this and mm-hmm. keep making this work? And so I think it seemed like kind of perfect timing for both of us to start collaborating and start asking other artists the same questions. Yeah. And and here we are. I know. A year later. Here we are a year later, podcasters. Um, so Amanda, catch us up on your life this last year. I think when we first recorded your episode, um, you had been working on Close Call Studio, um, obviously, but you'd also been working other freelance, maybe part-time jobs. Um, but for the last year or so, you've been working full-time on Close Call Studio, yeah. um, which is a pretty amazing transition. Can you t- tell us a little bit more about what this last year has been like for you? Yeah. So when when we recorded our episodes where we interviewed each other, uh, we did that back in, was it like February, March, maybe? Probably one of the first things we did. So yeah, it was a solid year and a couple months ago. Yeah. And that would have been episode two. Yeah. At the time, I had been work. Well, I had left a job at Apple to potentially take over your job, which turned out to be a blessing in disguise because uh, I it gave me the freedom mm-hmm. to really go fully into trying to be self-employed. Um, which I had always been nervous about because I was afraid that it was going to put too much pressure on my art making and that I wouldn't take so much joy in it anymore because I would just be worried about making enough money to survive. Um, But that's not what happened. Uh, So I ended up getting a part-time cafe job just to kind of supplement my income while figuring that out. And I was able to leave that job in September. So September of 2017, I quit that job. Um, And now, ever since, I've been fully self-sustaining on my art and craft business. And it's been going great. Had a fantastic holiday season, really busy, very overwhelmed. Mike, my husband, sat me down for like a little bit of an intervention during the holidays about how I wasn't really managing my time super wisely, uh, which I learned how tricky it can be going from having a very kind of regimented schedule to being completely responsible for your own hours and how much you work. And so instinctively, yeah, because I was so it's really used, different. Yeah, it's I it was a, a hardship I did not expect. 
Right, because time is like such a luxury always, right? Like you always yeah. wish you had more time to do things, but then all of a sudden when you have all the time in the world, it's like you really have to be disciplined about mm-hmm. creating that structure for yourself. Yeah, and that was just a struggle that I had never been in a position to experience before. And so once I became fully self-employed, I immediately filled every available waking hour with work. And it was easy to do during the holidays because I was constantly filling orders and, and constantly doing uh, craft events all all weekends, um, mm-hmm. pretty much every weekend from October to Christmas. Um, and I, I was just starting to get really burnt out. And I know I'm an incredibly unpleasant person to be around <laughs> when I'm really anxious because I just I, – I lose – whatever charming parts of my identity exist, they just completely disappear. Cause I'm like, sorry, I'm too anxious to have a sense of humor, to carry on pleasant conversation, to spend quality time chilling. Can't do any of that. Too overwhelmed. But having someone kind of sit me down and call me out on it, it it really opened my eyes to how necessary it was to have some form of routine and downtime. After the holidays, I kind of went in the opposite direction where I was like, okay, January, I'm not doing anything. Now I'm pretty good about having set hours, started exercising regularly, <laughs> never never used to exercise. And then at the beginning of the year, I started rock climbing and that's been great. Yeah, it sounds like you have a good amount of balance in your mm-hmm. life currently, which is really wonderful. And you've been working for a couple, at least a couple of years now with Close Call Studio enough. Mm-hmm. It seems like to know the ebb and flow of the year and know when the busy seasons are and yeah. know, when and like how most of your income is coming in. So I'm sure that's a real benefit. But one question that I do have is that um, you said when you first left the job at Apple and you... Um, took on a temporary part-time job to help supplement your income that was obviously Mm -hmm. with the goal of ultimately transitioning into close call studio full-time which Mm -hmm. after is it like six or seven months you were able to do that so did you do anything differently like during that time to try and facilitate that shift in regard to your business I think when I was working at Apple I was part-time and so I at that time had pretty much reached the point where Close Call was making about as much money as I was at Apple as Mm -hmm. a part-time employee. So I figured, okay, if I then dedicate like all of my time to doing this, hopefully soon I would be making enough money to be Right, like feasibly you would double that if you spent twice the amount of time on it. Yeah. And so when I was working at the cafe, um, I kind of realized because of how little I was actually present at the cafe. Like I was really only working three, five-hour shifts a week. Uh, so, and it was just all tip money, basically. Uh, and that's tip, T-I-P money. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying what type of cafe job this was. Yes, this was food service. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, so I uh, at that time kind of realized that I didn't really need the cafe job, but I kept it on because I got lots of free coffee. I worked with friends. It was helpful during slower seasons, which for me is typically summertime. Like I am just Mm -hmm. now getting into the slowest season of the year. Once September, October kicks in, that's when like fat stacks of money come my way. 
and then it, mm-hmm. it it's just pretty much dead during the summer. So I'm trying to now kind of figure out ways to bring in more money during the slower seasons. I don't know. It, it's so much of it is just trying to figure yeah, just experimenting. out. Yeah, it's a lot of experimenting. I probably would have stayed on until the holiday season. So I, I probably would have stayed on only a couple more months anyways, because I don't typically work day jobs very much during the holiday seasons in the past, or I hadn't. Um, so like I kind of did the same thing at Apple where I reduced my hours during holidays because I knew I was going to be less available and like I wasn't going to be able to work weekends at all. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was just kind of playing it by ear and and seeing what, what worked and what didn't. And I was like, I, I think I'm making enough money that I don't need a job. Yeah. Well, it sounded like it was kind of re- strategic and that you knew you were going into this really busy holiday season. Because mm-hmm. um, one thing I was kind of curious about is when you left the part-time job, did you feel like there was any kind of financial setback as you're trying to make that transition into working full-time mm-hmm. for yourself? But um, it seems like, you know, you'd had it planned where you were entering into this really busy and lucrative time of year as soon as you left working part-time. So I guess realistically in the past, I had always been okay being self-employed between the months of like October and like January, February. So that kind of quarter of the year was always pretty solid. But I always had in the back of my mind, like, you know, come, come spring or summer, I might need to get a day job again. And it, it just hasn't become necessary. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure having more available hours to work on close call and knowing that it's my only source of income right now. Kind of lights a fire. And yeah. Keeps you motivated. Yeah. Um, but I have transitioned a little bit as far as the work I'm making goes into doing a lot more illustration work, um, which I had kind of taken a break from for a long time. So I'm trying to do more more of that. Uh, I've taken on some like freelance illustration jobs. Uh, so that's been me. I mean, not a lot of crazy updates, but well, okay. Going self-employed is actually pretty cool. And I- Yeah, I that's still, pretty big. I still have moments where I'm like, I cannot believe that I get to be my own boss. It's really hard and it's really stressful. And a lot of months I kind of just about break even with expenses and income. But some months I'm like, damn, okay, this is good. But yeah, it's cool. It comes with new challenges that I'm learning, but uh, also a lot of reward and a lot of pride. So I'm, I'm proud of being able to do this. Yeah, I know. That's pretty huge. So catch me up on you. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Well, let's see. Last time we talked, uh, I had really just moved out to California, like I said. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was just in the midst of this big life change. And um, my ultimate goal also is to be able to support myself fully through my work. But, um, you know, I think every artist has multiple streams of income or, Mm -hmm. you know, has a number of... um, projects or types of work that they're juggling at any given time. So, you know, I was kind of seeing that happening through. Yeah. And I guess technically we're still doing the podcast. The podcast is very much a job. Yeah, exactly. That's like another project that we're continually working on. Mm -hmm. And then for me, selling paintings was something that I, you know, started to do consistently in Baltimore and then was trying to build a new network um, to be able to do that, you know, of art consultants and advisors here. 
um, and then also take on more uh, mural projects and starting to do some installation-based work. So those were kind of the three like avenues that I saw for you know potentially being able to sustain myself full time. Um, but I'm not there yet. You know, I came out here with um, a good amount of savings. I would say, you know, I'd been working full time. I had been able to 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 build up savings, to start investing, you know, like my debts were really minimal. So I felt like I was in a pretty comfortable place. Um, and then we, we made this big change to come out here and I didn't really have anything lined up. Uh, so I spent some time getting set up in the studio. And um, honestly, I probably should have started looking for work sooner than I did. It was like three or four months um, before I was even really applying or I eventually started working part-time at um, the art museum, SF MoMA here in San Francisco. Um, and I've, I've been doing that for just about a year now. So uh, working part-time and then working in the studio on projects, um, working on the podcast. It's kind of been like the juggling act. But honestly, I mean, this year has been just so full of ups and downs. It's been uh, a lot of anxiety trying to, you know, get acclimated to a new city and to try and make that transition from, you know, again, working full time to working part time and and also moving out to the most expensive city in the country. Uh, yeah. So that's a that's big a, uh, a factor, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, like I really I, I sliced my income, you know, by like a third and I tripled my expenses. So honestly, I, I was building up a lot of debt just living here. And um, fortunately, just by savings and, you know, things that I had actually built up in Baltimore um, at the end of this year, I was I was really getting nervous because I'm sure, as you know, I mean, the tax season is like Oof. the bane of any self-employed person's existence. Danger. It just takes so much. Yeah. And I really got hit hard last year. Um, unexpectedly so. And so I was already paying off taxes from last year and just was really kind of feeling the financial stress of it all. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we had planned to do this kind of a yearly recap, like back in December, January. And oh, yeah. you kind of came on and gave like a quick update of what was happening. But I just don't even think I was in a position to to be able to reflect and to do that. Um, oh, yeah, because you were in like the peak of overwhelm at that moment. Yeah, I was, I was, um, you know, I was preparing for um, a solo show, which is really exciting. Actually, yeah. I um, like applied for a bunch of different, you know, artists awards and fellowships and like mostly monetary things back uh, the very beginning of last year. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, most things kind of fall through, but a couple did pan out. And one of them was um, a solo show that uh, came with a stipend that I just had in March of this last year. So I was really working hard towards that, like over the holiday season also. So that was also, you know, that and you working on Close Call Studio kind of prompted our seasonal break, I feel like. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for me, just that continual like looking around and being like, can I can I do this for another month? Like, do I just need to drop everything and get a, another full time job? Or am yeah. I on the right track? You know, because there's just so much work where you're, you know, you're investing time in in your work and then relationships and it some, sometimes those take a while to come to fruition um so like I had a lot of razz in the fire but like not a lot of sales were actually coming through so it's hard to know whether you're you know something's just around the corner and you should mm -hmm. kind of keep working for another month and see what happens or if it's yeah. like time to make a real change so you know I, I really hear you I was like barely breaking even 
Um, and even now, like I'm still just kind of scraping by, but I think that uh, at least like a year and a half in now to, to being out here, starting to feel a little more settled and, you know, at least have enough perspective where I can like talk about it. And when you're so in yeah. the midst of it, it's like you kind of lose sight of your own narrative. And it's mm-hmm. easy in retrospect to be like, oh, you know, it was really a struggle. And like I had, you know, all these crazy debts and I was really not sure what was going to happen. But then I worked my way out of it. And then this came up and then like things started to turn. And when you're yeah. in the midst of it, it's kind of hard to um to talk to about it in those out. terms because you don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, and, like, maybe it goes that way. Maybe it goes the way of, like, well, I really had to change course and, like, mm-hmm. you know, switch careers. And so I just feel like it's always such a a roller coaster in that way. And so, you know, I'm still doing the the part-time work and then working in the studio thing, but I I feel like I'm making progress and, you know, starting to, to sell more work. So that's like ultimately the goal to be able to um, increase that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's taken a while. I think if I've learned anything in this year, it's just that these things really do take time. And, um, yeah. you know, there's always a sense of urgency, I think, um, when maybe self-imposed, but uh, it's hard to just be patient, you know, to really... Um, have faith that the the work that you're putting in, um, the time and the money investment, just all of it, that it's really going to, it is going to come to fruition um, eventually. And yeah. I think, you know, as long as you're working with some strategy and you're, you're sticking with it and, you know, you're continuing to make progress. And a lot of times it was just baby steps. Like I would just, you know, make sure that I sent out these emails this week. And at least I was moving forward a little bit in that way. Um, But yeah, it's really kind of been just an up and down year. And I'm optimistic that this year will just, you know, be a little less of a, a wave and that maybe things will stabilize a little bit. Um, but it's definitely taken time and, uh, yeah, such is life and making big changes and moving cross country. But I think that, you know, if you're growing and you're moving forward, then you're on the right track. Yeah. And I think this is so much of why we wanted to do this podcast in the first place, like having an opportunity to share very honestly what the the struggles and the successes of being an artist, what it what it's like in reality. Cause so much of and I I get caught in this too where like when I'm in the thick of it, I feel like I'm never gonna get out of it. Like it's always gonna be that hard or that stressful or that overwhelming. But then when I have a successful moment, I'm like, I'm the best ever. I can't believe I get to do this. It's crazy. Like, (laughs) I'll use an example of craft shows. I did a show a couple weeks ago that was put on by this one market that does several different events throughout the seasons. A couple weeks ago, I did a show and it was amazing. I like far exceeded my goals. I was so happy. I was like, I finally arrived. And then just this last weekend, I did a show put on by the same market 
and I just barely broke even. It, it was rained. a total buzz. It rained <laughs> throughout half of the show. It was an outdoor show. And of course, I had my like best friend of 15 years there with me. We've known each other a long time, and it's the first time that she's ever been able to like see me do my work. And I'm like, man, I'm, I can't wait to like be in the moment and kind of show off a little bit and show her that like she's been supporting me for a reason. And I'm like, well, I'm really sorry that you're sitting here in the cold rain. But just a bust. Yeah, but Aww. I mean that's the reality of it. You know, you have And you have to celebrate those successes because they are so fleeting and find ways to really enjoy the process because like you said, one day you'll have an amazing craft show and the next day you'll have one that's a total bust and that's just the nature of it and I feel like I've heard that sentiment too spoken from artists who are much older um, or artists who've you know seen like a good amount of um, success in their own careers that you might have one sold out show um, and then the next you might not sell any work at all and it's just uh, you know not an indication or reflection of your overall success or talent as an artist but it's just sort of the nature of uh, the work that you're doing so I think you have to um, find a way to work through both the highs and the lows um, and to you know not get too caught up and too down when things are not really uh, working out but um, Mm -hmm. to yeah feel good and really like acknowledge the little victories Um, it doesn't have to be like a sold out show or a you know super amazing craft show but even just that you like had a really productive day's worth of work um just the little wins um I think are really important to celebrate yeah and I mean I feel like that's a good segue into season two because that's part of why we took a break because we had such a cool success and we deserve to like really take the time to kind of reflect on that accomplishment and give ourselves a break. Yeah. Do you want to go a little bit into the um, behind the scenes of doing the podcast? Just some of the things that we've kind of learned through this process. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about season one. So how did, uh, God, how did you feel doing season one? Like what were some challenges and things that were kind of surprising from learning how to do a podcast and put it up on the internet and get people to listen to it. Yeah. Um, well, it's been a learning process, like everything. I think, you know, we didn't really know anything going into it. We were just literally Google searching, how do you do a podcast? Like, what do you, what kind of hosting platform? Like, what's a hosting platform? Why do you need it? <laughs> Where? Do you, how, do you down, how do you upload things to it? Um, just super basic stuff. And, you know, doing a lot of research, like you said, we were... I think for five or so months before we launched an episode planning it, um, we were joking before we started recording this that we re-recorded our introductory episode, which is only like 10 or 15 minutes, at least four or five times. Including the episodes where we interviewed each other. So we recorded our first three episodes. Yeah, it, you did a really good job with the editing. I think it sounds really natural, but it's actually um, like a splice together of four or five different conversations that we had. <laughs> and um, so there's that, just like getting comfortable, I think, talking, you know, while you're being recorded and then hearing that back. We've talked a lot about the vulnerability hangover that you have after yeah. each interview where you start, you start to 
you know, just critique yourself and your responses. And um, mm -hmm. I think that's something you kind of have to get over. And um, I think the biggest thing is just the flow of how it fits within our own lives and studio work, to be honest. You know, we, yeah. uh, I think in the very beginning, made it clear that we're not positioning ourselves as experts in any way here, but that we're two working artists that are just trying to figure out our own careers and, um, you know, figure out how, how to make it work as an yeah. artist. And so that's what inspired us to want to have these conversations um, with other artists who we really admire and, you know, who are doing that in interesting ways. And um, I think that still holds really true. I feel like we've both grown and, um, you know, our our lives have changed a lot in the last year, but in some ways we're, we're still in the same place. Um, and so yeah. I'm really excited for the next season because, um, you know, we got a chance to talk to artists from all over, from New York, from Baltimore, from California, from Miami, Ohio. I mean, I feel like we really um, were able to bring in a range of um, artists working within different disciplines and um, mm -hmm. different places all over the country. And that, that has its benefits, but um, I think that for season two, one of the things that I'm looking forward to with the West Coast edition is really, um, you know, making the location more a part of that conversation. Like, what's it like to make work um, and to try and have a career in San Francisco specifically, in Portland specifically, in Seattle, in Los Angeles? Because just from my own experience, like I said, it's been really challenging to try and... Um, you know, not only transition into kind of making your work full time, but to, to do that in a city that puts a strain um, financially on, um, you know, anyone that's that's here. And so I think mm -hmm. that, you know, in some ways it would have been equally challenging to try and do this in Baltimore, but in other ways, it's like a very unique kind of microcosm um, in San Francisco or, you know, in Oakland. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of tapping into that and learning more about what it's like within different parts of the West Coast. And then hopefully from there we can expand. Um, we'd love to make this more uh, of a, again, like regional focused seasons to um, talking to artists from the East Coast, from the Southeast, the Midwest, um, you know, to really um, just use this as a starting point. Yeah. And I had never in the past really thought very much about the importance of location in an artist practice. But realistically, I always felt growing up that because I grew up in South Florida um, in a very kind of touristy beachy area. And I just was not very aware of an artist community around me. Um, I didn't really feel very connected to that place. And it was really important to me to get somewhere and to, to move to a place where I felt like there was a lot of art and culture and music going on. I was just very aware of the fact that none of the things that I wanted to see or do You just felt were disconnected really from, yeah, yeah. from all of that. And then moving to Baltimore, such a central city near D.C., Philly, New York. I mean, Annapolis, Frederick, we're talking like more around Maryland and stuff. Like there is a lot of really cool places nearby. Yeah, that proximity is important um, to other hubs like that on the East Coast, especially. 
Yeah. And I noticed so much also how living in an affordable city made a big difference Mm -hmm. in how I was able to do my practice. And this also plays back on what you were talking about before with your move to San Francisco. Like, I don't know if I would be able to afford to be a full-time self-employed artist if I lived in another city. But Baltimore, the cost of living is quite low, quite affordable, mm-hmm. and especially for a city. And it's it's fantastic. Like I I can can really get by on on quite little. Um, I want to make a lot more money than I'm making now, but I also I don't need to to survive. <laughs> yeah, but it might have taken you a lot longer to make this jump. Yeah. Yeah, if you were in another location. So that's really great that I think you're able to facilitate that um, here and now where you are. Yeah, and I think talking about where we're at also has an influence on the type of art that we're making and the communities that we're connecting with. It, it's good to be aware of like what galleries are important, what stores are good to sell through, uh, what like neighborhoods have great studio spaces like there's I feel like a lot about where you live that is going to influence the way in which you function as an artist or business person or both yeah certainly um and even I think the west coast is it's so vast you know it's so much more spread out so Mm -hmm. I think that you know people do certainly make trips frequently between San Francisco and LA but the distance between those two cities versus like Baltimore, New York is much greater. Um, but then, you know, LA has like such a more international art scene and art market and everything than um, San Francisco, which is like more on the rise. And then the Pacific Northwest is a place that I've visited. It's beautiful, but I'm totally unfamiliar with the kind of art scenes up there. So um, yeah. Yeah, part of it is wanting to dive more into that conversation of what is it like to make work in those places and then to broaden our own, um, you know, exposure and talking with artists from those from those areas. Um, and so we've been spreading the word on social media a lot about uh, this upcoming season. We've been taking in recommendations for artists because, um, you know, for season one, we had the privilege of talking to a lot of friends, a lot of artists whose work we already knew. Um, some people we were kind of reaching out to, cold calling, but, um, you know, it was a lot of friends and we definitely want this uh, podcast to be much broader than that. And so um, rather than just looking to people that we're already within our own networks or people whose work we were already aware of. We really wanted to gather input um, from others for this. So we really spread the word a lot. Um, and we were so excited to get over 100 responses uh, for artist recommendations for season two. Um, yeah. And the last few weeks, um, particularly, Amanda and I have really just been going through um, looking at every single suggestion. Uh, and it's been so fun. And yeah, so and we're really... We're researching everything. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like a big part of that's connection to that local area, um, you know, the work that the artist is making, but then how they're building their career in kind of unique and diverse ways. So um, I think that you're going to be really excited for what we have coming up. We're super stoked about um, the people that we're hoping to talk to, um, but we're just in the very beginning of the recording process. So we'll definitely keep 
you are informed of when to expect the launch of season two. Um, but another way, like I said, we've been sharing a lot on social media. You can uh, follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Studio. And you can sign up for Beyond the Studio's mailing list um, through our website, beyondthe.studio. Uh, if you want to be the first to hear about the launch of season two um, and when that first episode is coming out. But Amanda, do you want to talk about another thing that we have coming up soon? Yes. So uh, through doing the podcast, we have had the honor of developing some relationships with creative writers that are writing for artists. And they're talking about business, talking about running an art business. And we we have talked to some um, about the prospect of doing a Beyond the Studio book club where we read some of these books together about art and business. And then we bring the writers on to the show to talk about their books and what they've you know learned from writing, what where they got their insight for their books. Um, so we're really excited to do that. And that'll be outside of our regular seasons. So we'll we'll still do season two specifically interviewing West Coast artists. But as we're able to talk to these uh, fantastic art writers, uh, we'll announce a month before those episodes and before those interviews, we'll um, announce the book club through our email list. So the best way to get a heads up on what we're going to be reading next would be to sign up. Um, I also created a Goodreads for us so you can kind of see where our recommendations are. And that's um, for those that don't know what Goodreads is, that's sort of a like social network and book review area. I usually, whenever I'm in a bookstore, will look up the books that I'm potentially going to buy through Goodreads and read other people's reviews to see how helpful they are. So we're going to announce those a month before we release our episodes talking about those books specifically. So the best way to find out what book we're going to be reading next would be to sign up for our email list and we'll keep you posted. And we'll also link you on where to find these books. Um, and we have some really cool writers lined up that we are very excited to talk to because they are phenomenal, so insightful, so enthusiastic about helping the creative community, which is why we bond so well with them because that's what's important to us too. Yeah, and just sharing knowledge. Um, and there's so many great books out there about art and professional development for artists. And mm-hmm. so we wanted to start to familiarize ourselves with those resources um, and to be able to share those and talk about those too um, as another resource to people that are listening. And um, so I, I think for a while we wanted to bring on more um, arts administrators and art professionals who aren't necessarily artists themselves, but people like um accountants and lawyers and writers and advisors and creative coaches and people that work with artists on the professional aspects of their career. Um, And then I think we're also just kind of getting anxious to start recording and releasing some more episodes um, because like we've realized it's taken a lot of planning to get ready for season two and you know everything is is pre-recorded so it's really taken months to start to gather um to research and you know now to reach out to record the episodes um so everything is kind of done in advance um and by the time we're launching we're kind of just spreading out the release of them um there's still work that goes into it to 
promote it, to do social media, the email announcements, um, to, you know, edit the episodes um, mm-hmm. after we've recorded them. <laughs> um, so there's a lot that goes into it, but even more so when we're trying to do it in this big chunk all at once. Um, so I think we're stoked about the idea of a Beyond the Studio book club because it um, allows us to kind of stay fresh and informed about what's out there and, you know, add some more reading material to be able to share a little bit um, more conversation in between our long season gaps. Yeah. And part of uh, what I'm appreciating about us having these long season gaps is that when we started this podcast, we were very much understanding and in, in agreement that our our personal our practices will always need time and need room in our schedule. And so I, I appreciate that we've been able to do this podcast and not stress ourselves out about it too much. I mean, it, it definitely can get very stressful, especially as we're like right about to release episodes. I'm always frantically editing them like the night before. <laughs> we're still figuring out a lot of it. But I'm so glad that we gave ourselves a lot of grace around doing this show. And that's that's the way you got to be. You got to let yourself have the breathing room that you need to keep creating because the last thing we want to do is burn out and then deter ourselves from creating at all. So I'm, I'm glad that we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we're excited to launch season two. Uh, so we hope you'll keep sticking with us and uh, stay in touch um, through email, through social media, um, or just stay subscribed and you'll find out as soon as we launch our next episode. Yeah. And Nicole, happy anniversary. <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs> I don't have anything to cheers with, but I have I had coffee a drink right now. The coffee that I, I have a water bottle, so done. all right. Cheers, cheers to our one year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, we should have gotten champagne. We made a huge mistake. I know. I think we talked about it and we I mean, this is a podcast. They don't know we don't have champagne. Yeah. We're just drinking champagne in our studio apartments. Note to self, download audio clip of clinking glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, record your own audio clip of clinking glasses while editing this, Amanda. That's true. You're, you're the editor, so. <laughs> true. Yeah. Also, anyone with editing complaints, I am the one that does all it's the all editing. It's all Amanda's fault. <laughs> yeah, so. Just kidding. Usually my <laughs> audio is the one that has issues and I still have issues. Half the time, I don't know why things are going wrong, so. You know, it's a learning process. That's it for this episode of the Beyond the Studio podcast. Um, We don't really have any show notes because we are just catching up. But you can find more information about the show on our website, beyondthe.studio. That's also where you will sign up for our email list to hear about when we're going to launch season two, although I'm sure we'll, you know, announce ahead of time on here as well. But the email list is the best way to know what's going on. And join our Beyond the Studio book club. Yeah, join the book club, which is very informal. Just yeah. a, an announcement of the book and um, hopefully shared, I don't know, notes or excitement over what you thought, um, maybe questions you might have for the author, and uh, then yeah. listen to our conversation with the book author. Yeah, send us your questions because 
we that is part of why we decided to do it as a book club is that we want to give us the opportunity to all talk to the author and find out some cool stuff if you're listening to this episode via itunes we'd love to ask you to give us a rating and a review because it really makes a big difference the more reviews we get the more people we can connect with and the more we connect the better we get and we're trying to get real good here do this thing yeah yeah (laughs) or according to the current bachelorette becca she always says do the damn thing (laughs) let's do the damn thing yes that's exactly how she says it